0: you listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on TV. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold, and this is TV slash gold. You are listening to episode 143, part three, folks. Part three. We're going to jump right into this, ladies and gentlemen. This is TheAtlantic.com. This is an article that was published in June 2000. I found this to be a very fascinating article, so I want to share it with you. It's titled Harvard and the Making of the Unabomber. A series of purposely brutalizing psychological experiments may have confirmed Theodore Kaczynski's still forming belief in the evil of science while he was in college. And this is by Alston Chase. And the reason why we're going to cover this is because we're going to go down the path here, folks, of exploring um, Henry Murray. And we'll learn a little bit about him here. He was the professor at Harvard who tampered with Kaczynski's head. And this guy was instrumental in the beginnings of the CIA. Goes on to say, like many Harvard alumni, I sometimes wonder the neighborhood when I return to Cambridge. I'm sorry, I sometimes wander the neighborhood when I return to Cambridge, reminiscing about the old days and musing on how different my life has been from what I hoped and expected then. On a trip there last fall, I found myself a few blocks north of Harvard Yard. Harvard Yard on Divinity Avenue. Near the end of this dead-end street sits the Peabody Museum, a giant Victorian structure attached to the Botanical Museum where my mother had taken me as a young boy in 1943 to view the spectacular exhibit of glass flowers. These left such a vivid impression that a decade later my recollection of them inspired me, then a senior in high school, to apply to Harvard. This time, my return was prompted not by nostalgia, but by curiosity. Number 7, Definity Avenue, is a modern, multi-story academic building today, housing the university's Department of Molecular and Cellular Biology. In 1959, a comfortable old house stood on the site. Known as the annex, it served as a laboratory in which staff members of the Department of Social Relations conducted research, on human subjects there from the fall of 1959 through the spring of 1962 harvard psychologists led by henry a murray conducted a disturbing and what would now be seen as ethically indefensible experiment on 22 undergraduates to preserve the anonymity of these student guinea pigs experimenters referred to individuals by code name only one of these students whom they dubbed lawful that was his name was theodore john kaczynski who would one day be known as the unabomber and who would later mail or deliver 16 package bombs to scientists academics and others over 17 years killing three people and injuring 23 All right, you got that so far, ladies and gentlemen. That's the setup of this uh, mini true crime episode here. But this is a great piece. Seriously, it's great. It's a great starting place. I had a special interest in Kaczynski, says the author. For many years, he and I had lived parallel lives to some degree. Both of us attended public high schools and had then gone on to Harvard, from which I graduated in 1957, Kaczynski in 1962. At Harvard, we took many of the same courses from the same professors. We were both graduate students and assistant professors in the 1960s. I studied at Oxford and received a Ph.D. in philosophy from Princeton before joining the faculty at Ohio State and later serving as chairman of the Department of Philosophy at Macalester College in Minnesota. Kaczynski earned a Ph.D. in mathematics at the University of Michigan in 1967 and then joined the Berkeley Department of Mathematics as an instructor. In the early 1970s, at roughly the same point, we separately fled civilization to the Montana wilderness. In 1971, Kaczynski moved to Great Falls, Montana. That summer, he began building a cabin near the town of Lincoln, 80 miles southwest of Great Falls, on a lot he and his brother David had bought. In 1972, my wife and I bought an old homestead, 55 miles south of Great Falls, Three years later, we gave up our teaching jobs to live in Montana full-time. Our place had neither telephone nor electricity. It was 10 miles from the nearest neighborhood. In winter, we were snowbound for months at a time. It sounds like heaven, ladies and gentlemen, does it not? That is, uh, that is where I would want to be. It goes on to say, in our desire to leave civilization, Kaczynski and I were not alone. Many others sought a similar escape. What I wondered had driven Kaczynski into the wilderness and to murder. To what degree were his motives simply a more extreme form of the alienation that prompted so many of us to seek solace in the backwoods? It's it's interesting, folks, because, uh, you know, if you want to escape, as I've said, to exit the system. Um, is, it, is it not good enough just for yourself to exit the system and then to leave? everyone else alone to live in the system if that's what they choose i mean to me that's free will you're exercising free will they're exercising free will Uh, those that want to remain slaves you know you should allow them to remain slaves now you could try to encourage folks to exit the system try to explain to them the things you've learned here and on other podcasts and books you've read articles you've read uh, papers you've analyzed But at the end of the day, if they want to do that, that's their choice, and they are exercising free will, as are you. Uh, The difference is that if the system tries to come and pull you back into the system and you're forced to defend yourself, that's a different situation. Um, It's going to be hard enough work for you to exit the system and build a life off the grid or partially on the grid. I think that will keep you uh, busy enough. It goes on to say most of us may believe we already know Ted Kaczynski. According to the conventional wisdom, Kaczynski, a brilliant former professor of mathematics turned Montana hermit and mail bomber, is simply mentally ill. He is a paranoid schizophrenic, and there is nothing more about him to interest us. But the conventional wisdom is mistaken. I came to discover that Kaczynski is neither the extreme loner he has been made out to be, nor in any clinical sense, mentally ill. He is an intellectual and a convicted murderer. And to understand the connections between these two facts, we must revisit his time at Harvard University. I remember this guy is a PhD in uh, psychology, right? Or was it philosophy? Was it philosophy or psychology? Oh, philosophy. Okay. Uh, Let's continue here. I first heard of the Murray experiment from Kaczynski himself. He had begun corresponding in July of 1998, a couple of months after a federal court in Sacramento sentenced him to life without possibility of parole. Kaczynski, I quickly discovered, was in. In indefegetable uh, correspondent sometimes his letters to me came so fast that it was difficult to answer one before the next arrived the letters were written with great humor intelligence and care and I found he was in his own way a charming correspondent he was apparently uh, he has apparently carried on a similarly vol, uh, voluminous correspondence with many others often developing close friendships with them through the mail. Kaczynski told me that the Henry A. Murray Research Center of the Radcliffe Institute for Advanced Study, although it released some raw data about him to his attorneys, had refused to share information about the Murray team's analysis of that data. Kaczynski hinted darkly that the Murray Center seemed to feel it had something to hide. One of his defense investigators, he said, reported that the center had told participating psychologists not to talk with his defense team. After this intriguing start, Kaczynski told me little more about the Murray experiment than what I could find in the published literature. Henry Murray's widow, Nina, was friendly and cooperative, but could provide few answers to my questions Several of the research assistants I interviewed couldn't or wouldn't talk much about the study, nor could the Murray Center be entirely forthcoming. After considering my application, its research committee approved my request to view the records of this experiment, the so-called data set. Which referred to subjects by code names only. But because Kaczynski's alias was by then known to some journalists, I was not permitted to view his records. You see this, folks? So, this is the uh, government through Harvard here uh, sealing the records related to the experiments they were running on ted kaczynski it goes on to say through research at the murray center and at harvard archives i found that among its other purposes henry murray's experiment was intended to measure how people react under stress murray subjected his unwitting students including kaczynski to intensive interrogation what murray himself called quote vehement sweeping and personally abusive end quote attacks assaulting his subjects egos and most cherished ideals and beliefs. Remember, put this in context. Ted Kaczynski is a child at this time, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old. And this guy, Henry Murray, who I will further investigate and analyze for you over the next couple of episodes, uh, developed these techniques years earlier for the oss the precursor to the cia and how to break down folks teach them to lie teach them to make up stories mess with their heads and figure out who would make a great and wonderful spy for the united states doing this in partnership with the intelligence apparatus out of the united kingdom ladies and gentlemen we'll get to that And much, much more when I get back from this short commercial break. My name is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. On pain.tv Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold, slash gold. All right, folks, and just up on the screen, for those of you over at pain.tv slash gold, I'll just show you this quickly. See this 565 pages? This is a document called Assessment of Men. And this was actually headed up, this experiment, by Henry Murray. Uh, And this was uh, for OSS. Selection of personnel for the Office of Strategic Services. They're the precursor to the CIA. Headed up by uh, Wild Bill Donovan was his name. And Henry Murray was a lieutenant colonel. Uh, and they developed, uh, in the course of running experiments on roughly fifty five hundred uh, folks, uh, how to basically mind bend and mind break, and end up figuring out who would make a great uh, intelligence officers. And this uh, this manual here ended up inspiring uh, the corporate world developed um, many of their techniques for finding out who would be the best robotic managers. At company, So we're going to get into that. I think it's really important because a lot of that has to do with uh, mind control stuff. Um, and then we're going to connect this all into MKUltra, and I'm going to show you some of the programs that were going on funneling secret money from the CIA into universities, including Harvard. Uh, Around the same time that this was going on. And at the same time, we know that Sidney Gottlieb, the head of MKUltra for the CIA, was actually setting up bogus organizations and foundations to funnel money into institutions, prisons and universities. Uh, This is what our wonderful government does, folks. That's what they do. Then they spend $50 million chasing down a man whose brain they tampered with, who wrote a paper warning of exactly what they did to him. And then uh, they create these monsters. I mean, if you want to believe that line. I'm not, I'm not saying that's what I agree with yet. I have to do some more investigation. But if you want to take it at face value, they create these monsters. And then they spend $50 million to chase down the monster. I villainize him and then put a podcast up at the FBI, like a true crime, uh, true crime podcast, talking about how they caught this guy. Uh, how about you created him? Goes on to say, my quest was specific to determine what effects, if any, the experiment may have had on Kaczynski. This was a subset of a larger question. What effects had Harvard had on Kaczynski? In 1998, as he faced trial for murder, Kaczynski was examined by Sally Johnson, a forensic uh, psychiatrist with the U.S. Bureau of Prisons, at the order of a court. In her evaluation, Johnson wrote that Kaczynski, quote, had intertwined his two belief systems, that society is bad, and he should rebel against it, and his intense anger at his family for his perceived injustices, end quote. The Unabomber was created when these two belief systems converged, and it was at Harvard, Johnson suggested, that they first surfaced and met. She wrote... During his college years, he had fantasies of living a primitive life and fantasized himself as, quote, an agitator, rousing mobs to frenzies of revolutionary violence, end quote. He claims that during that time, he started to think about breaking away from normal society. It goes on to say, it was at Harvard that Kaczynski first encountered the ideas about the evils of society that would provide a justification for and focus to an anger he had felt since junior high school. It was at Harvard that he began to develop these ideas into his anti-technology ideology of revolution. It was at Harvard that Kaczynski began to have fantasies of revenge, began to dream of escaping into wilderness. And it was at Harvard, as far as can be determined, that he fixed on dualistic ideas of good and evil, and on mathematical cognitive style that led him to think he could find absolute truth through the application of his own reason. Was the Unabomber, quote, the most intellectual serial killer the nation has ever produced, end quote, as one criminologist has called him, born at Harvard? And it's the question that the author of this article is asking. The next section here, folks, the manifesto. The story of Kaczynski's crimes began more than 22 years ago, but the ch- again, this is written in 2000, but the chain of consequences they triggered has yet to run its course. Dubbed the Unabomber by the FBI because his early victims were associated with universities or airlines, UN and A., Kaczynski conducted an increasingly lethal campaign of terrorism that began on May 26, 1978, when his first bomb slightly injured a Northwestern University public safety officer, Terry Marker, and ended on April 4, 1995, when a bomb he had mailed killed the president of the California Forestry Association, Gilbert Murray. Yet until 1993, Kaczynski remained mute and his intentions were entirely unknown. By 1995, his explosives had taken a leap in sophistication. That year, he suddenly became uh, loquacious, writing letters to newspapers, magazines, targets, and a victim. Two years later, the Washington Post, in conjunction with the New York Times, published copies of the 35,000-word essay that Kaczynski titled Industrial Society and Its Future and which the press called the manifesto. Now, I had just mentioned there Gilbert Murray. I think on the last show, I, I said a logger. Wasn't a logger. He was a logger. He was head of the California Forestry Association. And what I've read is that it actually blew up Murray uh, by accident, uh, which we're going to research a little bit. I, I just happened to catch Henry Murray being the guy who tampered with Kaczynski's brain and then one of the victims here, Gilbert Murray. Is there any relation there? Uh, I haven't gone down that path yet, but I'm going to uh, further investigate it. I mean, I've I've gone down the path, but I haven't gone deep down the rabbit hole yet. Let's continue. Recognizing this manifesto as Kaczynski's writing, his brother David turned Kaczynski into the FBI, which arrested him at his Montana cabin on April 3rd, 1996. Later that year, Kaczynski was removed to California to stand trial for, among other crimes, two Unabomber murders committed in that state. On January 8, 1998, having failed to dissuade his attorneys from their attention of presenting an insanity defense and having failed to persuade the presiding judge, Garland E. Burrell Jr., to allow him to choose a new attorney, Kaczynski asked the court for permission to represent himself. In response, Burl ordered Sally Johnson to examine Kaczynski to determine if he was competent to direct his own defense. Johnson offered a provisional diagnosis of paranoid schizophrenia, but she concluded that Kaczynski was nevertheless competent to represent himself. Burl refused to allow it. Faced with the prospect of a humiliating trial in which his attorneys would portray him as insane and his philosophy as the ravings of a madman, Kaczynski capitulated. In exchange for the government's agreement not to seek the death penalty, he pleaded guilty to 13 federal bombing offenses that killed three men and seriously injured two others and acknowledged responsibility for 16 bombings from 1978 to 1995. On May 4, 1998, he was sentenced to life in prison without possibility of parole. Now, a lot of the research I've done... Uh, at least the official narrative, this is what it adds up to, is that he did not want to use the insanity uh, defense because he didn't want it to hurt the work that he had published or got published in industrial society in its future. So he didn't want to be looked at as crazy. So he did try to get rid of the... Government attorneys, you know, the public defenders, moved to another attorney. They blocked that. Then he wanted to represent himself. They blocked that. So he went to the point in which he ended up pleading guilty to avoid looking crazy. It goes on to say, driving these events from first bomb to plea bargain was Kaczynski's strong desire to have his ideas, as described in the manifesto, taken seriously. Quote, the industrial revolution and its consequences, end quote, Kaczynski's manifesto begins, quote, have been a disaster for the human race, end quote. They have led, it contends, to the growth of a technological system dependent on social, economic, and political order that, suppresses individual freedom and destroys nature quote the system does not and cannot exist to satisfy human needs instead it is human behavior that has to be modified to fit the needs of the system end quote as you know we we've reviewed all this in detail over several episodes by forcing people to conform to machines rather than vice versa the manifesto states technology creates a sick society hostile to human potential because technology demands constant change, it destroys local, human-scale communities. Because it requires a high degree of social and economic organization, it encourages the growth of crowded and unlivable cities and of megastates indifferent to the needs of of citizens, So what you can look at industrial society's future is a counter to the initial technocracy incorporated documents uh, that we found from, you know, the 1920s, 1930s. Uh, if I ever sat down and interviewed Ted Kaczynski, I would actually bring all that material with me and ask him if he's read that before. Goes on to say this evolution toward a civilization increasingly dominated by technology and the power structure serving technology, the manifesto argues, cannot be reversed on its own because, quote, technology is more powerful social force than the aspiration for freedom, end quote. And because, quote, while technological progress as a whole continually narrows our sphere of freedom. Each new technical advance considered by itself appears to be desirable, end quote. Hence, science and technology constitute, quote, a mass power movement, and many scientists gratify their need for power through identification with this mass movement, end quote. Therefore, quote, the technophiles are taking us all on an utterly reckless ride into the unknown, end quote. And technophiles would be technocrats, folks technocrats although kaczynski does not use technocrats technocracy or technocratic in his uh paper industrial society its future as i've pointed out which was strange why washington post went and put that in to their piece um basically trying to make it look like kaczynski had actually used that terminology i i just want to know if kaczynski was actually aware of the origins of technocracy and the technocracy Inc. papers he did not have uh access to um, the internet back in 95 or 94 whenever he was writing this he supposedly wrote it on a typewriter now he was going back and forth supposedly to a library uh, had a lot of books, uh, but don't know if he had access to the Internet at the time. That would be something I would investigate because I don't know if you could find the Technocracy Incorporated documents in a library back then, or uh, you would have had, had to have access to the Internet. I don't even know at that time if that stuff was available. On the internet because 95 was the very beginning of sort of the public side of the internet and very few people actually published anything uh, to the internet back then. It goes on to say, because human beings must conform uh, conform to the machine, quote, our society tends to regard as a sickness any mode of thought or behavior that is inconvenient for the system. And this is plausible because when an individual doesn't fit into the system, it causes pain to the individual as well as problems for the system. Thus, the manipulation of an individual to adjust him to the system is seen as a cure for a sickness, and therefore as good. And we covered that when we went through industrial society and its future. Folks, we're going to work our way through the rest of this article. Uh, Really, honestly, this thing is very important. Uh, Because this guy does some great work and it allows us to cut some corners and then we can move on to Henry Murray. I really want to get into this stuff for you and show you the government. If you want to believe the official narrative, uh, the government created the very guy that they're chasing around. And I really want to try to understand the mind of this man who wrote this paper, folks. It is the rebuttal to technocracy incorporated. And I'll be right back. This is Dust to Gold with the Dustin Gold standard right here on Pain.tv slash go. More listening to the Dustin Gold standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash gold.